Welcome to another sustainablewineblog.com podcast with me, Toby Webb. And joining me in today's podcast is Stella de Campalto. So welcome to the podcast, Stella. Hello. Thanks very much for making the time to see me tonight. Uh, we are in East London, underneath a railway arch. So listeners, you may get a bit of ba- background noise because here at Sager and Wild in, uh, in Bethnal Green in East London, they're setting up for a tasting of Stella's wines, uh, Brunello de Montalcino and uh, a newer wine, her Benedetta and your Rosso de Montalcino. So Stella, for those listeners who don't know much about your wines, why don't you tell us uh, the wines that you make, tell us about the wines you make and, and how you got started making wine. Yeah, I really physical grown up with the vineyards I planted in 97 and they teach me more than I teach to them. So I learn from them another producer and understand the agriculture way to work is the most important things, even more important than a winemaking system in the cellar. So thanks to my two daughters, I start immediately to be organic from 92 uh, with the extra virgin olive oil. And then the big change was about the biodynamics, really turned me, my head upside down. So tell us about that then. How did biodynamics turn your head upside down? So before, as I say, I was organic. That for me is the same as a chemical with low impact product. Biodynamics tell you that you are not alone. You need other elements that could be forest around you, that could be the star, other rhythm that really participate to the rhythm of the life. Vite in Italian means life. And it was a strictly connection. Like two thirds of the world, the sea go up and down with the moon. So it's a physical situation we have to accept. And biodynamics bring me back to the life route. So you've been biodynamic for a very long time, since 2002. That's, that's pretty early if we think about all the producers that are going biodynamic now. But I still meet a lot of people in wine who say it's crazy, hippie nonsense. I mean, what do you say to those people who say it's all just mumbo-jumbo and hippie dancing around the moon? <laughs> yes, I, ha- I go through this, even with my worker, because I was under a big uh, tree uh, with the, how you say, the, the witch. Uh, the... Something to stir it with? Right, or? right, yeah, right. Okay. So, the, so it was, uh, I'm, I don't know, I, I'm not against chemical, organic, it's important to do what you feel. I feel this was my right direction. So I, I really don't care what the others say. And for me, the, the plants, years by years, have an immune system more and more strong. So this makes me happy. So um, you think biodynamics makes your vines more resilient? Yes, absolutely, yes. I, I'm following by different universities, Bologna, Milano, Pisa, for different sections, and they found out that the immune system is quite strong. That's very interesting. Um, in the previous interview to this one on the blog, I was talking to Andrea Feluga, yeah. who's not biodynamic and is a bit sceptical about what he might call extreme sustainability approaches. But he told me very definitely that his older vines are much more resilient and therefore much more likely to be able to cope with climate change. Do you believe that biodynamic approaches will will help you deal with climate change? Yes, absolutely, yes. It's necessary for the future and the present, more and more. Because before we think to give what the plants need, 
but who we are, God? Oh, we don't know what the weather is doing now. It's crazy. Last week was really cold and now it's very warm. In just one week, the winter is almost gone. It's 12 years, we don't have a real winter time. We have this year 15 days, surprising and beautiful, but it's very unpredictable. So to stimulate the intelligence of the plants is something we have to look for. If it's biodynamic, if it's organic, if it's chemical, we have to start to listen to the plants, to the soil, and to the surrounding. This is the law. Then I know awful biodynamics producer and great chemical producer or the opposite. Doesn't mind, we have to start to listen what we have around. So what you're saying is what I've been hearing from every other producer I've interviewed recently, which is that climate change has made your weather much more volatile, is that right? So much more variation in the weather. Yeah. So rain, sun, variance, that kind of thing. That's, yeah. And yeah. when did you notice that starting to happen? Oh, I can say from, in my case, from 2001. 2001. Yes. Andrea so, Feluga said something very similar. All right. Actually, in the, you know, the other end of Italy, right, up in Freely. Um So let's jump back for a second, Stella. Yeah. Um, tell us about the soils that you're working with, and then maybe a little bit about what you do use on the vines if you're not using chemicals. Yeah. Um, so the, my land is very small. It's less than seven hectare. Com it's an island. It's completely surrounded by forest. And in such a small island, I've got 12 different types of soil. This is a characteristic of all Montalcinos, not only mine. And my goal is to listen, so I pick up the grapes, grow in a singular soil, and ferment it separately. And it was very surprising how different they are. And your question so, was... Uh, yeah, if you, if you have problems in the vineyard, you're, you're obviously not keen on using chemicals. So, so I use, use copper kind of and sulfate. I use copper and sulfates, but in low quantity. And then I give preparation 500 and 501. And then I don't give any food to the soil, which is very strange. Since uh, before I planted, I never give any food. I just give seeds and 25 different seeds and each plot decide how much seeds he chooses it. So around 12, 15 seeds every year, it's different one. So what kind of seeds are you, are you putting on the plots? It's graminace herbace, I don't know how to translate. Okay, well we'll look it up. Yeah. Uh, listeners can look right, it up, I'll try right, and post right, the right. translation of that. Yeah. Um, so you, so uh, for one year the line will breathe, no tractor will mm -hmm. go on the line because we have to deal with industrialization and needs of the soil. So each time I go with the tractor, I do a stress. So for one year, no tractor will go on the line. And then I do a rotation every year. This allows the soil to breathe. And if you walk in the vineyards after seven days of rainy, the vineyards are like a pillow, absorb, is elastic, absorb in the right way the water. This is very important to be elastic, to be live. And what do you what do you use in your preparations? You mentioned is it five hundred? Five hundred. What, what goes I, I, in those preparations? What did I use inside? Yeah, what's what's in them? What what do they contain? Your preparations? I do with other five or six producer near Florence, and five hundred contains the preparation Rudolf Steiner from five hundred one, two, three, and they have different. So they're, lo they're local herbs, things like they're valerian, local herbs, nettles, but also thing. other things, not only herbs. And uh, this really is incredible because with 90 grams of cow poo, mm -hmm. 
I fertilize one actors. That's in the horn that you bury right. under the ground. And it's incredible. It's not acceptable, chemical way, but... Do you think there's a science? It's like a yeast. Yeah, do you like, think there's a science behind that then? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking there's a science there, that the microbacteria yeah. in, the, in the cow horn comes into the soil and creates this new life. Is, yes, that, is that what you understand? Absolutely, absolutely right. So it's like an yeast. If you do the bread with beer yeast, it grows very fast, but also died very fast. Mm -hmm. If we do the bread with mother yeast, that mm -hmm. is take by the bread before it can have also 100 years, yeah. the bread, it's more harder, mm -hmm. it grows very slowly, but it then is lasts in your kitchen for 10 days, and it's excellent, it's very digestible. So we should know more about micro, how you call micro? Like micronutrients, micronutrients. Guess, or microbacteria. Even yeah. for fermentation, I don't add anything, mm -hmm. and it ferments everything fine. And do you control for temperature when you ferment? No. no. So it's a I'm natural very, fermentation. I pay a lot of attention on the harvest. I hire even 30 people to pick up the grapes in two hours after the humidity of the morning. So the grapes arrive fresh. Mm -hmm. But I don't do temperature control. Very rarely. Very rarely. It's not the practice I do. And so um, some people say with biodynamics, there's kind of two parts to it. There's sort of the science part, and then there's the crazy part, as yeah, people right. call it. So a lot of biodynamic producers I know, they, they love the whole principles, yes. but they don't get up at two o'clock in the morning, get their crew out and start harvesting at 2 a.m. because it's you know in the right cycle. How far do you take it when it comes to, say, harvesting? Do you, do you go out and pick grapes at two o'clock in the morning? No, I don't. I'm lazy. No, I'm <laughs> but uh, mm, it's very important to be biodynamics, organic or chemical. <laughs> to not be on outside impulse. You need to, to have your own line. So, uh, no, I don't wake up at 2 o'clock. <laughs> that seems like a difficult I thing do, to do. I do, but I pick up only on uh, right star movement on fruit days. OK, so you pick your days. At least flower days, but no in roots or leaf. So let's I'm very strictly on the days of all the method, okay. from cutting the wood, mm -hmm. from bottling, from harvesting, from move the wine, all. Okay. And you're vinifying in, in wood? Wood bats, in yes. Uh, body. In body? No, in teeny. Mm. Okay. Teeny. Open wood. Open wood. And okay. I, do, I work a lot with air. I pump it up every okay. six hours and I do a very long fermentation. One month, one month, ten days, depending on the vineyards, depending on the year. Okay, and then for aging in big old oak barrels, is that your...? Uh, it's not that big, it's 17 hectoliters or 21 hectoliters. Okay. And they say Rossi Montalcino 22 months and Brunello 42 months. So you're not taking any oak out of the wood really, you're, um, you're just using the wood for oxygenation? For breathing. Mm, for breathing, yes. exactly. Yes, it's very important. And so here's the big test of biodynamics. What does biodynamics do to your wine? in terms of flavor. What do you notice from it that you think is there from biodynamics? Uh, I do, I, I keep for myself 300 bottles per year, and 2001, I was organic. 2002, it was a passage. What I notice in the wine, that is my feeling, is the tri-dimensional of the wine. Mm -hmm. With biodynamics, they became tri-dimensional. With organic, they are more. It's a connection between smell, mouth, and also your body is very important when you drink it mm -hmm. and go in your body, how you feel, what's going on. So 
I think that biodynamics really related more the grapes to the soil and weather. I do 100% the years in the bottle mm -hmm. and the expression, the personality. It's like a, a child that is allowed to took his own decision and this is the wine, it's the same. So biodynamics helped this to express himself in the bottle. So other winemakers I've talked to said that um, it really affects acidity and freshness. Yeah. So you can drink younger wines earlier. Is that your understanding? Is that uh, your experience? My experience, I do very long aging wine, so I keep quite long. They're never uh, made immediately. But what I notice in a very hot year, and now there are more and more, the acidity is always very present. So mm. it, they remain fresh. Mm? They, are yes. not, they react to this situation very well. And I have also garden, the same. It mm. reacts very well. And you have very tasty vegetable. And I hope slowly, slowly will be the future for many things in our life, not only grapes. So this is a really interesting question. Um, I recently interviewed uh, Sasha Radicon. I'm sure you know his wines. Yes. Um, up in the northeast of Italy. And I asked him about this challenge of scalability because people say it's all very well for Sasha Radicon and Stella de Campelto to tell us about biodynamics, but they have five, 10, 15 hectares of land. How do I do this with 100 hectares? Do you think it's possible to, to take your approach with a much bigger piece of land? You know, again, it's our own way to be. I'm a lazy person and I like to walk in the vineyard, so 100 hectares I cannot do it personally. Mm. But I know other people that do in a very great way. So this is my dimension. I don't know other dimension. I can talk about me. Okay, no, that's fair enough. And even it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, yes. well, it's, it's interesting to me that Chateau Palmer in Bordeaux has now gone fully biodynamic, and they have a much bigger um, much bigger set of land, 50-odd hectares or something like that, I think. So maybe it is possible. But uh, Podolinski make in, a, in Australia, so there is many. It's mm. 100 and 100 hectares, so... Do you need more people if you go biodynamic? You need, do you need more people? I or is love it just more to have more people. I love to. I do everything by hand. I love that the people know plants by plants. I have five people all year long in the vineyards for 6.7 hectares. It's a, a lot of quantity. And I like handmade people working. Yes, I do. And but I don't know if it's because I'm biodynamics or because it's me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's something in the middle. And so your total production is around how much? What are you so producing in I'm your Pinot really, and your Rosso? I'm really related to the years. Uh, right. In 2009, which mm -hmm. you try, I produced 20,000 bottles. Mm -hmm. In 2011, 5,000. Oh, so wow. really, uh, as I do 100%, I cannot play with other vintage. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's really depend on the years. Depends on the weather weather and reaction of the plants of the weather okay so as i don't give any food they react to the weather situation yes and absolutely. doesn't mean better or worse quality mm -hmm. uh, it's it's okay. they produce this yeah. wonderful thank you well uh, listeners i have tried stella's uh, 2009 reserva and it's one of the best Brunellos I've ever had by a long yeah, while. So I, I look forward to trying your 11 now with you when we turn the tape off. And, yes. and listeners, I commend you to check out Stella de Campauto's wines. You can buy them online. I know Berry Brothers has some on, on their BBX exchange. And um, you can get Rayburn. them uh, from, from David. Rayburn. From Rayburn. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, do check them out. I'll put a couple of links below the interview if listeners would like to try your wines. Thank you very much for uh, your idea to follow a small producer. And uh, I hope to 
drink together now. <laughs> yes, look forward to that. Well, let's get on with that. And listeners, thank you so much for listening. And do check back soon for more podcasts and interviews to sustainablewineblog.com. Thank Have you. a nice day. Ciao. Thank you. Thank you.